You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 304. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity with a special focus on helping artists confidently and consistently sell their creations to their ideal collectors online. Intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Enjoy and thank you for listening. choosing you. <laughs> it's a celebratory day today. I'm choosing you with a matcha latte, which is a relatively new obsession because I found one I like that I'm making at home. Not that I haven't liked them other places, but a lot of places that you order a matcha latte end up making it super sweet. And I don't care for that. And Honestly, I don't know a ton about matcha, so I'm not going to open this episode explaining the benefits to you. I just like it. I think, I believe it's of a green tea base and it's delicious. And I'm slowly, I mean, I enjoy coffee as well and I enjoy a good latte. I enjoy all the milks. I am wanting to have maybe a little bit less coffee. Although I wouldn't say that I have a ton of coffee either. I guess I'm just wanting to mix up the routine. I recently found an amazing hot chocolate as well that's made with dark chocolate. Oh my goodness. Now that is like drinking a brownie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's amazing. But this matcha, I just want to share it with you in case you've been trying them because sometimes they can have sort of, I know this isn't a great selling point, but sometimes they can have almost like a fishy taste to them. And I learned that there's a difference between a cafe style and a ceremonial. So I went for the ceremonial and it's by Jade Leaf and it's delicious. So I'm going to take a sip and we're going to dive into today's episode because we're celebrating 16 years of Creative Thursday. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. This is a really special day. I'm recording this on March 7th, 2023. And I've shared the story many times. If you're new to me, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the the down and dirty version of how and why I choose to celebrate this day as an anniversary because I started creativethursday.com in 2004. That's when I bought my domain. That's when I put my first artwork up, built a website and shared it with friends and family. And I was really proud of it. It was definitely, I had beautiful work then. I did. It was very colorful and it's so cool to look at it. I have a lot of those early pieces. I've saved them. As you know, I tend to save pieces that feel particularly special, significant, and represent, um, I guess, a time period, a capture a time in the art that can never be created again, right? Because we're always moving and 
all of that to say, I have a private collection of work. And during this month, if you're on the email list, you know, you may have snagged a couple pieces that I've had. I release some of my private collection pieces. And I also have some new ones I'm working on that I intend to weave into that as well. And by into that, I mean into this celebratory month. So coming back to why this is particularly special. I started 2004. I love those early colorful paintings. As I was saying, I kept a number of those, but I wasn't ready to fully launch into my art business. And, you know, we have to ease our way in, which today I'm going to share with you 16 lessons and that I've learned from 16 years in business. And this concept of easing your way in, we'll circle back to that in one of the lessons that I'm sharing with you today. But it wasn't until March 7th, 2007, a shout out to Holly Becker of Decorate. I was just visiting her blog and I saw that she's also celebrating. I think she's celebrating her 17th or 18th year. And so we have definitely traveled this online space during this same almost couple of decades of time. And she was one of my early supporters of my work, which was so kind. And we need those. We need those early supporters. She became a friend of mine and she said, hey, why aren't you selling your prints? Why aren't you on Etsy? And for you who my mentor, you know, it's not that I'm not a fan of Etsy. I was on in 2007. It is a very different platform than it is now. And I always had my own website, as I shared with you, I've always had my own domain. And so it never occurred to me to sell there or to think that some website was going to be able to help me reach more people. It just, it was all new. But above all of that, I really was irritated by how inexpensive the artists were selling their work. And I didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to associate and align myself with a community that was undervaluing their work. So the way that I made peace with it was to say, well, I can, I can list my prints there because prints are, you know, there's a market there's a price range for prints and unless you're signing them or hand detailing them, you know, hand signing them, there can be variations there. Or if you have limited edition, of course, there can be some variation in price, but mostly it's a a certain window of pricing. And that felt fine for me to list my work there. So I started with, I feel like it was around eight prints And Holly encouraged me and she also kindly, generously shared on her blog at the time. And it helped massively. I got 15 orders in a day and it's, I still have a memory of this day. I know where I was sitting. I remember the orders coming in. I was in Laurel Canyon in Los Angeles and a bright red Ikea desk with my white Apple laptop and a, against a golden, almost, 
I don't know if you would call it ochre. I don't think that's the right color. Almost like a harvest gold, just this beautiful gold, beautiful gold wall that Sean and I had painted. We were newly coupled and newly living together. And he had seen me shed many tears and feel totally at a loss of how to move my business forward. And there was just a moment that I listened. Someone encouraged me. I was open to trying something new and it worked. And every day after I hoped, I prayed, I crossed my fingers, I held my breath. I remember weeks later, Sean and I were visiting his family in Northern California and it was over Easter weekend and it was a little quieter on the sales. And I thought, oh my goodness, is this, is it going to keep going? And it has, it has, it's, I've made consistent sales since that time. Now, granted, my business looks very different now than it did then. And I'm still selling art and I've built an entire education part of my business so I can help you with everything that I've learned as I'm about to share with you at least 16 of those things, not everything that would be longer than a podcast episode, but I'm trying to narrow it down for you. So it was a really incredible moment. I mean, I, as I've shared, you know, I went through my savings. I took some freelance work. I cried a lot. Uh, I did not know. I started to look for work, but kept discovering I was too entrepreneurial, was even told I was too entrepreneurial to hire. And at some point I just said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm just going to do it. I just have to. I owe it to myself to try. And it was about six months after that, that it started to click into place. But that's ultimately almost three years from the time that I started my website or really embraced and owned the fact that I wanted to become an artist and become a working artist. I've always left that open. I always said, I just, I want to do work I love in this life. I like financial independence and I I like to work. I like to contribute to society and engage my mind and my gifts. And I didn't know exactly what that would look like. And I didn't think it could be art, but I, I thought, well, let me try. At least I've got to try, right? I don't want to get to the end of my life and feel like I didn't try because people, people told me that it wasn't possible. And I've hung in there because not all days are great and not everything I try works. And I have such a wide experience of, of adventures really within this creative business that it's given me a very deep body of knowledge around what it means to be a creative business owner and what it takes to survive this long. In some ways, it has felt like that. And in other ways, it has been a very deliberate choice. And in many ways, I talk about thriving. I'm not saying I haven't also been thriving in this business because just doing this work is like, 
I get excited all the time. That is the biggest part of thriving. And with debt and all, I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to purchase a house in Los Angeles and that I've shown to myself what I'm capable of, what's what I can create. And I do feel like, I don't want to say I'm at the beginning of the journey, but I feel like all of these years has been experience for me to do something even greater. And how all that comes together, similar to how this came together, I don't know, but the stirrings are there. So I hope you'll continue to hang out and stay on the journey with me and we can do this one together, especially if you too feel called to continue to expand in your creative voice, creative expression and your creative business. So let's dive in to these 16 lessons. And we're hoping to get these episodes on video as well. And so I just want to let you know, if you happen to be seeing the video right now, I don't, I refuse (laughs) sometimes, sometimes I refuse to put the heat on in Los Angeles. And I also don't get to wear winter clothes all that often, but this is hilarious. Like this video of me right now is in a hat, a full on my favorite red fluffy scarf. That's really meant to kind of wear indoors because it is so big and it's so long. It's rather a lot to take out into the world, although I have done it. But you know, it's my favorite beautiful bright color red. And I've got a sweater on top of that under there overalls because, you know, it's a special creative day today. I love my overalls and uh, probably going to dive into some painting today yeah after this episode so anyway if you're like what who is this bundled creature why is she not have her heat on i am just cozy for you in this episode so 16 lessons shall we admittedly you know brevity inspired brevity not my strong point inspired tangents all over the place i still need to take that some kind of test to see if i'm 80 ADHD in that category. I don't think I'm scared. I think I'm scared to take it because I sometimes, I always find my way back to the point. So hang with me. But there are so many ideas and inspiration that come when I record for you. And I often have this tendency, I'm working on it. I have it in my teaching as well to want to give it to you all, like every time. And I can't. So admittedly, I have squeezed quite a bit more into these 16 lessons, but I'm going to time myself and work on keeping them as concise and to the point as possible. So 16 lessons I've learned from 16 years as a professional artist, a working artist, as someone who built a business doing work they love. One, and this is not in any particular order of importance. It's I wrote them in a stream of consciousness and tried to categorize them. And did think about from the beginning, like if I were starting today, what do I wish I would know? Some of this I did know and some I have learned. 
and I'm happy to share that with you now so that you can approach your business in a different way and maybe not have some of those struggle moments. Some moments on the struggle bus, as we say, you might get to avoid those. So number one, believe in yourself and believe in what's possible for you, even if no one else does. And I know saying no one today, right? I believe in you. It's not usually no one, but it can feel like that, especially if we are trusting people close to us with our dream. And also if you are self-taught like me, there can still be this feeling of, am I actually good enough to do this? And you just have to decide that you are. You have to believe in yourself enough. And this isn't a whole fake it till you make it, but sometimes you have to decide and catch up to it. And I don't fully know how that's different from fake it till you make it. It could be seen as similar. I just don't like that saying. And it's not about forcing yourself to believe something you don't. It's just about reaching a little bit further than maybe you currently are so that you can catch up to that place. Like you might believe in yourself most days, but have other days of self-doubt. Does that make sense? But if you genuinely don't believe in yourself, that's the first step because without that, it's going to be very difficult for you to make it through the days that are disappointing, that aren't, that are challenging, that aren't showing up and giving you the results that you wanted in the ways that you wanted. It's a really unique path and Not any one person can tell you exactly how to do it and what is going to help you reach your definition of success. As I say a million times, the best metaphor is this is not a law degree. It is not a medical degree. There there aren't steps and courses and classes that will assure that you can practice in this field. A huge part of this journey is your specific path that you will carve. Certainly having knowledge is going to help you. Having mentors, having people, community in your life to understand you and want to support you in your dream is is a necessity as well from my perspective. But ultimately, your part of your journey and part of the excitement of that of that journey as an artist is that it will be such a unique path to you. It's really special that way. And it can feel particularly challenging if you don't recognize it for what it is. And you think if you just do all of these steps in this order, that it's going to work in this time frame, And that is not the case. It can go faster, it can take longer, it can look different than what you thought it would look like. And probably truthfully, that is with anybody who has their own business on some level, but because we're dealing with such subjective work and there's still a large part of the population who don't fully understand yet what it means to be an artist and pursue this work. And I think part of us sharing our stories is also about educating this group, it's important. It's important to recognize what this journey is for 
us and also as best we can to articulate that and share that in the world so that people can understand what's involved with taking a gift that may be very personal to you, putting it out into the world and turning it into a business. All right, that was one. (laughs) Here we go to start with creating work you love. And I put all caps on this note, start with creating work you love. And it has to ignite you. It has to be something that brings you alive versus don't look at what's working for someone else and try to emulate it. That's That work falls flat. And one thing that can help you in really tapping into that work that you love is also getting an understanding of who you are in the world. What are your values? What lights you up? What inspires you? As you create this work, what is your mission with the work? What would you like the work to do in the world? The effect that it would have on someone who encounters it, interacts with your work. These are important questions to ask and answer, and you don't have to have it all right away. This comes over time. But that's why the easiest thing to do is to start with creating work you really love because that has the, if you haven't thought of the answers to those questions, that has that kernel, that essence of that spark that is ultimately going to be very unique to you. Now, I do want to say that looking at work, I'm not someone that believes you you shouldn't take another work. I love seeing our work. I love following artists. And I love seeing maybe something that's working that I also love and asking myself, oh, how can I bring this? What is it that I love about this? How could I bring it into my work and make it mine? So that's a subtle but important difference because a lot of times I get excited by colors I see or you know, when I started making characters, it's because I saw so many characters created by artists that I loved. And I thought, oh, I could do this. I remember, or you may or may not know, I didn't think I could. I didn't think I could create for my imagination. So figuring that out and trying that out was a big challenge for me. And it turned out to be something that was meant for me. And that was a hundred percent inspired by falling in love with that kind of artwork. Number three, consistently create and share it with passion and enthusiasm. And this is important with the state of social media today, even if no one responds to you right away. And yes, on this note, you're going to have to make yourself visible. And this is part of the journey. And If you're not used to that and you're not used to talking about yourself or your art, that's okay. It's a skill you're going to develop. Remember, we, so much of what we end up doing, especially if we're building a business online, may be many, in fact, I would just say there are many skills that you will have to learn to grow in business and grow as an artist. It's not what you don't want to do is say, I'm not used to doing that. So I'm not going to do it. 
I don't feel very good at it. I'm not going to do it. It's not how it works. You've got to step into what scares you. Sometimes you've got to grow into what is calling you and ultimately stretches you. You have to remember that you will be practicing to get better all the time in all areas, including your art. So you will have to make yourself visible and you want to do this consistently. This is all caps again. Love was all caps consistently. I'm shouting at you. It's not enough to do it here and there, not get the response that you want and then assume that that's it and you're done and you'll never grow. You can do that. You can definitely choose that. That's not what I would choose as someone who really wants this as your life and your business. Four, stop comparing your journey to someone else's. Stay focused on your own path. As I shared already, as an artist, especially, your path's not going to look like anyone else's. Not at all. I would say what we all have in common is that spark, that desire, that love for creativity, that love for making art, the desire to share it, and then the desire to challenge ourselves and turn it into our living. That's what we share. Uh, Some people I think may have stumbled into making a living with it, but basically it's like what we share is that there isn't a life without making art. That's That's the thread between us. How our journeys play out after that is completely unique. Five, celebrate your accomplishments, big and small, every week. You know, in The Expansive Artists, one of my favorite posts is our Thursday thrills. I am proud to say, proud to say, in the Creative Planner this year, I have been filling it out every week. I've been filling out the planner every week. I've never been this consistent ever with a planner. And I've been using my wins that are included in the planner and my uh, gratitude, which we're going to talk about next. Number six, feel daily gratitude for your journey. And don't hesitate to include the challenges because the challenges are very often what you'll be grateful for because It was that challenge that helped you break through to this new level in your business to really embrace the resistance, to embrace that you don't feel like showing up. You can embrace it and you can go, I'm really out of my comfort zone. As I was sharing recently, or I learned recently, I think I was talking about this on on one of our coaching calls. Uh, It's really good for your brain and your your mental well-being, physical well-being, longevity in life to be uncomfortable. And I thought, oh, this is great because this choosing this life means I'm uncomfortable a lot, whether it's in my art making or in my sharing or in my recording of a podcast or sharing, you know, sharing a new idea. Whether it's growing a team, whether it's growing the business, it's so often that I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, great, this is excellent. So I'm totally embracing it now in a whole new way. I'm like, bring on the discomfort. <laughs> just, just give me moments of comfort in between. That's what's found in a matcha latte today. So number seven is heal and get help. I see these as going together. Basically, when you're healing, you're going to seek help. 
And as you heal, you're going to recognize that you want more help. And so getting help can be from a therapist, a mentor, a business coach, to an assistant when you're starting out. All of these areas are important. And it's, it's, we don't talk about it enough. When you embark on this journey, those challenges are going to make procrastination, self-doubt, all the forms of resistance that Stephen Pressfield refers to in the war of art when it comes to making your art. All of that is normal, but it doesn't mean that it's easy. I was just reading about the fact that procrastination is not you being lazy. This was from the holistic psychologist. I saw this whole post and now I need to research this more, but I never thought about it like this, that procrastination is a response to your brain being in like a fight or flight in uh, somewhat of a state, a traumatic, well, traumatic events happen our bodies react to them. The trauma is how we react to the event and it causes different things to happen in our body. This is information collected from a number of of experts. I, I love listening to Gabor Mate talk about this as well. And I just wanna say for the record, because I also love comedians and they're really digging in on this whole concept of like everyone's sort of a victim right now. And I get it because we're all we're all kind of in the same boat sometimes of saying, well, I can't because instead of saying, oh, this is interesting. This makes sense why I've felt challenged in this area. And guess what? All of human beings are challenged, have been through traumas of varying degrees. And how do we make that work for where we want to go in life, what we want to accomplish, how we want to be, what state of being do we want to be in? So we're on the brink of all this awareness, but it's also creating a lot of what I see. This is just my opinion. A lot of people who just don't want to do what it takes to actually get something done in life and not saying that it has to be this hard struggle, but it's going to be challenging. It just is. And if you become aware of the areas in your life or how you, the patterns that you have that keep you maybe in the same place instead of progressing forward, there will be healing around that. And I I don't mean to dismiss anything that you've been through, but it's not about just making that your identity. It's like, I see it, it's painful. I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna sit with it and I'm not gonna blame others for it. At this stage, this is where I'm at as an example. And I'm going to find all the tools and the support I can to help me make the progress I want to make. Again, that's me, right? I'm driven by personal development, personal growth. I'm driven by the next step. I want to live the best 
fullest life I can. And once you become aware, especially if you've been very independent, like I have, and you've done everything yourself and you didn't get help for the longest time, then you just go, wow, how many, how many ways can I support myself? (laughs) Because this isn't something I can do on my own. So going back to seven heal, I feel also it's fair to say a lot of artists are exceptionally sensitive people. It's likely that we've been through a lot. And that's why I'm just going to emphasize this healing part of this journey, because we turn to art, I believe, to express, interpret, process, to help ourselves in some way to whether it's conscious or not to heal. And that is also what comes through in our work is also what our collectors and what people respond to in the work. It can be all not in your consciousness. It can all be happening sort of under the surface. But once you shine a light, you bring awareness, you start to understand how this is working on a whole other level. It can also really help you communicate your own feelings in your art and then convey that to the people that you would like to impact with the work that you create. Okay, that's a big one. We could probably just talk about that. So number eight, let one of the first hires that you do have be someone to help you with your business finances. This is super practical. Yes, you want an accountant. Yes, a bookkeeper is helpful. But what I am coming to learn, and I will keep you posted, is you want someone who can actually help you forecast your finances. It's a different specialty than accounting or bookkeeping. I didn't know that. I don't know how it's taken me this long to get here, to understand that. I think we, in companies, it's often called, I believe, a comptroller or there are also CFOs. I'm assuming they do this kind of work. When we're small, we don't think like that. And yet I would say this is one of the most important hires in your business. As soon as you can, as soon as you start seeing some consistent revenue and having someone to consult with in this specific area, wow. Because you can get help forecasting the revenue that you're making and to know how much to save for taxes, to know how much to save, how much to pay yourself, how much you have actually to put into your business. You know, we, we're being guided by a lot of people who we say these blanket, I talked about this in my specificity podcast, we have these overarching like hire someone. Okay, great. What does that look like exactly? And who should that be? You know, we're giving very straightforward solutions without all the detail and depth that ultimately needs to go along to make it work for you. I'm not saying that we're misleading or that anybody is. Yes, you want to do that. But this is where having a coach or working with a mentor you can speak to, why it's so important, because you want to get guidance that's specific to you. First, you become introduced to these concepts. Like you might be listening to this podcast and you're like, okay, great. And now how does it apply to me? 
and getting help. Obviously, I'm not recording a podcast. I I don't know your business intimately. And so I'm not recording an episode that's specific to where you're at, but being able to, as a mentor, specify what you want to look for and get help with. And one of those is to work with mentor that you can speak to. (laughs) It's really important. And realize that it's not a one size fits all in all the advice and guidance being given. I hope that that makes sense. But sometimes I'm getting to a place in my business where I'm wondering why it's taken me so long to have this guidance given to me or for me to figure it out. And sometimes we're just not ready until we're ready. Sometimes we're not hearing things in the way that we need to because we haven't fully gotten to that level. Sometimes we also go through challenging experiences to become aware of how much we need this help. You know, if you're under a pile of packages, good problem to have. You will swear up and down that you will never do that again, that you will get help. What I want to do is help you not have to get there. So get someone to help you with your packages and then get someone to help you with finances. The more I learn in this area, I'm making an entirely new evolution in my financial journey right now. I'll share as much as I can with you. Nine, you have to invest money and time to build and grow. And you may not be profitable right away. It's really challenging for me to hear when it's difficult for someone to invest in what are very affordable, unbelievably affordable rates to have a business online. I don't know when it happened. It's, you aren't building a business for free. You're not, you're just not. Getting everything for free gets you so far. Yeah, it's great that you can start out with a site for free. You can try things. You can try social media platforms for free, but they're all gonna grow to a paid model or paid advertising. Everyone as a business owner has a right to make revenue with their business. So you're not only contributing to someone else's business and the employees they have, but you are contributing to your business. And I don't know, basically, I don't know when everyone thought that you could just start a business for free and that that would stay like that forever. I think it's like the the good and the bad of the online space is there's a lot for free. There really is. It's amazing. But that's you won't build a business on free. Okay. Can we just, can we just be really clear on that? And you're not typically going to start a business and start making revenue right away either, nor will you necessarily be profitable. It can take years to get there. Okay. So be willing to invest the money and the time that it takes for your unique artist journey to come together. And it's best if you cannot be panicking about this. If you are panicking about what it costs to invest in a very affordable startup sense, it's probably best that you don't focus on building a business right now, but you get your finances in order first and then come back to investing in an email marketing company or Shopify site. 
And you can say, well, I can be on Etsy for free. Yes, you can. And you're going to pay fees to make up for that. So somewhere people are going to make money off of you using their platform as well they should. So certainly as many free things as you can to get yourself going. But I always also remind you, don't start out for where you are. Start out for where you want to go because the money you save in doing free now very often becomes money that is spent times 10 when you have to go back and rebuild or get to a new site or it's a mess. I've done some of that in the past and it wasn't a wise decision. I also, because I had the benefit of starting a business and was looking to have investors help me, I got a very clear picture of what it takes to run a business early on. And it's not free. Number 10, there will be tasks you don't want to do. Okay. <laughs> just like, okay. Can we just say, okay, everything is not free. There will be tasks you don't want to do. What you'll want to do is learn to embrace them and then you can hire them out. Know enough about them to know that you need to hire them. That means I think everyone should, in essence, touch every area of their business. And as soon as you can, figure out your strengths and your weaknesses and then get help with your weaknesses. You can hire it out. But when you don't know what you're doing, Personally, maybe I'm just not at that level yet where I can just hire everybody for everything. But let's just say I hired someone to solely do my Facebook ads. If I had no understanding of how to run a Facebook ad, what I'm working on and towards, I don't think that would be a good idea as an example. And yes, there is a learning curve there with all of these areas. If I didn't know how to do my finances going back, if I didn't have a general understanding, I wouldn't know the help I needed. I wouldn't know specifically where I was missing the help that I now need. Just as examples of getting getting that help. And, you know, in a time of quiet quitting and no Monday motivation and I don't know what's going on. I get it. I get certain elements of that, but I'm like the message, there's no message about motivation, Monday motivation. There's no like, hey, in every job, in every business, you're going to do things you don't like, even when you're an artist and you have your own business. So what do we do with that? There are going to be things in life that you don't feel like doing, but you do them because you know the benefit of doing them is going to be worth it. And that is the same with your business. So I don't mean to sound snippy, but I'm just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting that sometimes we live in a population where people just seem to think that challenge just isn't part of the equation. And I'm probably part of a group where I had made things harder than they needed to be. And I, I get that. So I'm happy for shifts to happen. but. I welcome the challenges and 
I really don't want to hear it from people who don't know what it's like to A, be an artist or B, have a business or have one this long. I don't want to hear anyone telling me how it's supposed to look different because they don't actually have a backbone to stay with something or to meet the challenges that come their way. And I think it's fair to say that we want to start having more of those conversations on TikTok too, not just one conversation. And so I am going on record and saying, again, there'll be tasks you don't want to do. Learn to embrace them, learn what they are, and then you can hand them off. The goal is that we have the majority of time in our zone of genius. I'm going to quote Gay Hendricks from The Big Leap. It's a beautiful book. And there's all kinds of things that come with that. And so we work to build a business that will support more time in our zone of genius. Guess what? That takes time and practice to do. It does. Because you have to learn a lot of what that is by being in it. And if we're just not in it, then, you know, we aren't going to learn it. 11, make art creation and inspiring your creativity a priority while also allowing yourself the rest and the breaks away from your practice to avoid burnout. So there is a dance that we do here. There's natural resistance that comes up to creativity and it just seems to be part of that dance. But we also have to recognize when we might be on the verge of burnout, when we might be pushing ourselves. I know this is going to sound a little contradictory to what I just said, because it's accepting challenges, being willing to do tasks that you don't like, moving through resistance and stepping into your creativity when you don't feel like it either. This is important. Pushing yourself past exhaustion or burnout, that's something entirely different. They are not the same. And this is an important detail where you are going to be the one who knows what that line is for you. But you have to be honest with you. And sometimes depending on where you're at and your healing journey, on your conscious awareness journey, you might be convincing yourself of things that aren't actually true and holding yourself back a little. It's okay. This isn't anything to judge. This is just where we want to become aware. And then we want to accept where we are. And then we, if we want something different, we have to expect to make new choices and to behave in a different fashion to get to that new outcome. So making art your priority, the reason that I highlight this is that Once we get into the business side and it's growing, everything else can feel like it's more important, at least for us who maybe were told that getting to your art was more frivolous, was more fun. It was not something that was a priority. I mean, our own education system teaches us that by making everything else a higher priority than the arts. So sometimes it's challenging to say, oh no, but this is the priority. This is not only what feeds my soul, but now it feeds my business. 
And sometimes it does need to take a backseat momentarily in order to, for you to, to focus on the important or maybe urgent tasks at hand, but it becomes an entire skill set and practice to be able to recognize that the urgent isn't always important and that the art is always important. But we don't want to exhaust ourselves in trying to make that happen. I don't usually find that that's the case. Burnout, yes, but most people aren't exhausting themselves trying to find time for creativity. Most of us are exhausting ourselves in dealing with the resistance that comes up around all of this. 12, be willing to give your dream and ideas time to blossom, like years of time, like years of time. You don't start this journey today, have it all figured out tomorrow. It used to be that it was anywhere between one to three years for an idea or a business to take hold. And I think to become profitable, which sometimes happens in that time span. Sometimes it doesn't. A lot of businesses don't survive past a couple of years. Now you can understand why, because I would guess that many just give up too soon or didn't plan ahead to be able to carry the idea as long as they wanted. Or sometimes you can also have huge amounts of success and then you're not able to maintain that. So slow and steady is, is good. I have heard of countless examples where success has toppled somebody because it went too fast. So if your plan is to go fast, awesome. Just make sure that you have everything in place to receive that, the quickness that you're wanting. And hopefully you have experience already with a business and you can do that. Otherwise, allow it the step at a time that it takes, especially if you're coming at this as more of a solopreneur. That's what it takes a step at a time. If you get a team, if you have investors, if you have a big vision, not that you can't or don't as an artist, that's going to be a certain segment of the creative population. Most artists are easing into it. And so know that if you're easing into it, that's the pace at which your business will grow. 13, genuinely celebrate the success of other artists. When we get in that comparison trap and we can sometimes feel competitive, it always surprised me that creative people felt competitive, but they do. Sometimes we feel very proprietary over our process. I understand that on some level and on other levels, I don't. It's always going to be us that takes something and makes it our own. And I'm going to leave that one alone because I don't have a particular proprietary process that I'm trying to guard. I just have always wanted to share what I figured out with others. I understand that may not be everybody's nature. I'm just going to encourage you that when you celebrate the success of others around you, rather than maybe feel like, oh, it hasn't happened for me yet, or make it comparison or feel competitive and guarded, that just slows down the energy of, of your own journey. 
And it is so, sometimes it's so lonely on this artist's journey. There's not a lot of people who fully understand it. And we can really get in our own heads around this. And being sensitive individuals, as many of us are, it's just being there for someone in, in their life and, and su- supporting and celebrating their wins. It's so important. We really tend to make things about us and not about genuinely just acknowledging that someone made the progress that they want to make and that that is available to us also. And that they are now an example of what's possible for us instead of someone who took what we thought was ours. It's a real lesson in abundance and believing that a rising tide lifts all ships. And that is just such a beautiful way to be in the world. And I feel like that energy is a wonderful way to experience connecting within our creative community and in building a business. 14, value your work and price it accordingly. So also important not to compare your pricing to other artists around original work in particular. We talk a lot about this in Artful Selling and in the Expansive Artists. This is one of the biggest mistakes I see artists making is pricing themselves for the market instead of what they need and want in their business. That is to support the life they want. Also, we can't all be pricing our work the same. There's so many different factors that go into our creation process. So it's very individual. Certain things like mugs, paper products. Yes, I'm talking specifically about original work. But even then, I would say always err on pricing it higher. But this is me wanting to raise the creative community as a whole, raise the value of the creative community as a whole. I still, all the way back to the time that I didn't want to join Etsy, I still see people undervaluing their work. And I don't know how they're making that possible. I know that they're not, not if they're living here in in the U.S. And that saddens me. And it also saddens me for them not feeling like they can make a living they want to make or that they value their work so little. And also saddens me for the other artists who come across that maybe see the outside version of success and then try to emulate that and then perpetuate the low pricing, the low value of work. 15, let what lights you up, frustrates you, and all the ways that you're both the same as what inspires you and different. Let all of that fuel your unique voice. Take all of who you are and allow that to be the energy you bring to your work. And number 16, On the days you want to give up, know that those days are normal and keep going and keep trusting the process. The timing will reveal itself to you. And we all have those days. They're just part of the journey. And sometimes 
they are there just to remind us of what we do have. And again, that's where the healing part of this journey is so important because sometimes those days are brought about by all kinds of factors within your business, even success, even success can bring on a sense of defeat. Maybe you're not quite where you want to be. Maybe you're comparing yourself to someone else. Maybe you had a belief in this offer and it just didn't translate or this new work. If you're stretching and you're growing, you're expanding, evolving, there will be those days. It might just be that you need to take a nap. You need a rest. You want to come back to making your art if you haven't made enough of it lately. There are a lot of reasons. And occasionally, yeah, there's a, a genuine moment of this is the end for me. I'm, I choose not to continue on this path. And that's okay too. That's a very different feeling than I just don't feel like doing it today. I feel like I want to give up. And not going back to the quiet quitting. <laughs> it's the reason that I feel it's important for me to add the detail I do in episodes like this is because there's a lot of subtlety in what I'm saying. I can't just give you 16 rules and read them out to you and let you interpret them on your own without understanding why I've chosen them and why I see a lot of variations in them, much like the journey that we're on. So it's important for me to notate that. Also, the somewhat skeptical, doesn't want to be hypocritical side of myself is also always keeping myself in check with what I say. Like, is this really what I mean to say? Is this coming across in the way I intend? Because there is a lot of subtlety. And we're grabbing onto concepts and blanket statements and we're running with those instead of getting into the specificity and the details around those statements. So my 16 lessons, and I won't recap them for you because there are too many. These are all based upon my experience in the online space at the time that I've been coming up, which is basically... 2004 until now. It's based upon doing this on my own for so long. It's based upon creating work that became more commercially acceptable and embraced, but is very unique and not always work that everyone's going to like based upon my choice in vibrant colors, which is also not always something that everyone's going to like. There's a lot of uniqueness within my own unique path that I've chosen. That knowing what I know now, I could have chosen easier paths the whole way. And so some of it is just, I guess I enjoy the challenges. Anytime I think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I sort of like to say, well, what if I could? And that's me. That may not be who you are. You may have your own sense of ambition, but it may not be this version. And I share all of that with you just to give you hopefully some more understanding behind 
my perspective on these 16 lessons. And it's important, as I shared with you on my podcast, on my word for the year, on specificity, for me to go as specific as I can. So I'm not just leaving you with concepts, but I'm giving you some more details as best I can without being face-to-face with you virtually or in person and saying, let's look at your business. Let's dive into it, which I love to do and love helping you to figure that out. So. I'm here for you. I welcome your thoughts, your questions, your insights. And I thank you for listening to the Creative Thursday podcast. I thank you for purchasing Creative Thursday art. I thank you for trusting me as your mentor. And yay, Creative Thursday, all these years, all these years. Where are we going next? It's wide open, but I have some ideas and I'm always excited about those. So until next time, friends, happy creating and more to come. Creative Thursday is recorded by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and learn about how I can support you in building and growing your thriving artist business at creativethursdaycourses.com. Be sure to hit subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it drops. And if this episode has inspired you, share it with a friend and fellow creative and leave a positive review so that more listeners can be introduced to the Creative Thursday message and mission to empower artists to know their worth, value their work, and consistently artfully sell to their ideal collectors online so that they can make more beautiful art all in support of living a life they love Coming together as a creative community, we uplift and support one another while encouraging and being an example for more people all over the world to dream big and believe in what is possible for them.